This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 90, Down Under. Down Under. Nice. With me, as always, are my fellow rescuers, I guess. Oh, good day. Colin Harmon. Throw another shrimp on the barbie, mate. <laughs> and Wes Allen. Colin started the fire. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> if you haven't gotten from the hints slash gotten from the title of this episode when you clicked on it, we're talking about 1990. It's only appropriate if we mm-hmm. have episode 90. Let's talk about the year 1990. Mm. We've done this before where we had pick one year and we just talk about that one year. We talk about all the, the main events and all the pop culture, TV shows, songs, etc., and we're just gonna, you know, hop in the wayback machine with Mr. Peabody, mm. and mm. travel to a simpler mm. time—a time before the internet as we know it, before, um, you know, before the Clinton administration. Mm. You know, this is before this is Bush Senior, right? Yeah, this is yeah, this is before Bush Junior. This is Bush Senior. I mean, Bush Junior was around. He just wasn't, you know, governor or president at the mm. time. 1990, let's put some, before we, we start talking about the pop culture things, let's just get your mind set, your, put your, your mind into the 1990 realm by talking about events that happened in 1990. For one, you have the beginning of the demolition of the Berlin Wall. You have the Gulf War, and uh, you have the very first web page published on the World Wide Web. Mm. And then you have the first in-car GPS satellite navigation system. That Could you have guessed that was in 1990? I feel like that was very early for that to happen. I want to go see a picture of that. It had to be garbage. Definitely. It definitely probably came in some like briefcase type thing that you carried around (laughs) in your car. 15 discs. (laughs) Yep. Is, Is there anything else that you guys remember happened in 1990? Hmm. I'm really bad at events in that era of my life. I was in the first grade. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, no, that's good. That's good. That's good to talk about. Where were you in 1990? Yeah, I had a super crush on my uh, first grade teacher, Mrs. Schultz. I actually invited her to dinner multiple times. <laughs> and much to my dismay, she turned me down every time. As oh, you might guess. Bond, so hot. Want to touch the honey? <laughs> Where were yeah. you, Wes? Um, I was six years old, right in the middle of Turtle Mania. Ooh, this is when mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles was all over the place. You had the Ninja Turtles movie. You had the coming out of your sh- out of our shells tour. You had uh, just everything was turtle centric and i remember um i had a birthday party this year it was at pizza hut boy. and it was ninja turtle themed boy. 
and my parents had a Ninja Turtle come to my party. <gasps> uh, and it was obviously a lady dressed up in a terrible costume. And um, it, it, I have a home video of this. And, like, all of the kids are just sitting, staring at this terrible Ninja <laughs> Turtle. <laughs> and... She, she gets us to line up and we like walk around the whole uh, pizza restaurant playing the uh, Turtle Power uh, song from the Ninja Turtle soundtrack. And it's, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's <was> dreadful. <laughs> it was, um, at the time, it was awesome. But watching it back, I'm just like, man, everybody is just like staring and just not excited at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do remember my favorite level in the Ninja Turtles arcade game was when there was tons of group marching. That was definitely what uh, was one of the most <laughs> fun things that the Ninja Turtles are definitely known for is all of their group marching. Just mm-hmm. marching around. But it is it is nice <laughs> seeing like the decoration that was in pizza at the time, because like I said, the coming out of their shells tour was happening. So it's like, there was all these like cardboard cutouts and like little things hanging, hanging from the ceiling and all that. And I remember my pizza hut. I don't know if all pizza huts had this, but their phone ring tone had a very specific ringtone that I only heard in Pizza Hut oh. and I heard that in the background of this home video and it just like brought me back completely just like that one ringtone that's interesting crazy how your memory does things like that well I was in South Georgia had this very thick accent uh, you do. because of my mom and my pa and my <laughs> I didn't say pa but I was in a small town called Hazelhurst, Georgia. It's in Jeff Davis County. Mm. And I don't know what the population is. You could probably look it up, but it was very tiny. <laughs> and this was right before we moved to Florida. And so we just lived in the sticks. And I have great memories of um, playing on our first ever computer. It had this neat little golf game that my dad played. Uh, I remember playing our Nintendo which included video games such as Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Super Mario 2, which then eventually became Super Mario 3 in 1990. We'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah, it did. And, man, just running around as a little kid without a care in the world. I was in kindergarten at that point. So Mm -hmm. we lived, I think, within walking distance of the high school football stadium. So it's small-town South Georgia. We'd go on Fridays to watch the high school football team play in the fall. It's, uh, you know, some good... Um, childhood memories, what little I do have of that year. So it's a good time, 1990. Mm, so let's talk about all the I feel other warm things. Warm and fuzzy now. Yes, let's get even more warm and fuzzy and talk about the, our favorite things from 1990 in pop culture. And we'll start with the TV shows. Lots of TV shows were going on during this year. Um, I'll go ahead and let you guys mention what your favorite is. And then I'll go down the list of others that might be honorable mentions. Go ahead, Wes. Well, uh, there's plenty of shows to choose from, but there was one in particular that kind of I loved, but also launched something else, which was it was Tailspin, 
which is a great animated series that leveraged characters from the Jungle Book, of course. But it also helped launch the Disney Afternoon block, which at that time included DuckTales, uh, Gummy Bears, and mm. Rescuer, uh, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. So, like, 1990 was the first year that they officially launched that block. So, it's like, that was everything great to me. Mm. And especially, I think it was the next year is when they dropped Gummy Bears and they launched uh, Darkwing Duck. So, that was everything to me. But, yeah, it's like, those shows were just so key to me and I love them all. But... Um, as far as like live action ones, probably uh, of this list that really stood out to me was Blossom, um, which had, you know, Joey Lawrence and, you know, uh, I just, I just remember this TV show being on a lot in my household and I thought it was a great show. Yeah, I, you nailed it, man. I loved every single one of those Disney cartoons and watched them religiously, so that's uh, a definitely like a key pivotal memory moment uh, in 1990 is sitting down and watching Rescue Rangers, especially Rescue Rangers. That was my favorite of mm-hmm. that group. Um, yeah, good, good times. Stuff. What about you, Colin? What stands out to you? Oh, man. This is a fun era for my brain because this is when I like started getting <laughs> to choose when I got to watch on TV. Like It was a very kind of turning point era of like I knew how the remote worked. So I started to be able to like... <laughs> understand how to use the buttons in that sense so i feel like fresh prince uh, was a big one i remember like Mm -hmm. staying up like when my parents would go to bed and then i would wake back up and turn the tv on really really quiet on volume two uh i would (laughs) watch i would watch in living color and oh my gosh which i think even now like really like cements my love for like snl and that kind of stuff obviously that was like a very competitive but similar uh, show at that time and uh i feel like bobby's world was one that i've i feel like me and my brother have watched like every episode of that which is crazy to think about uh, i got really i feel like that was like pre-doug where it's like it was this kid that you could relate to that had a huge imagination and like you could like take the journey with yeah. him yeah. i feel like it that very kind of was in a similar line to Doug, but like, you know, obviously a lot younger and everything. It's crazy to me that that started so early in 1990. I would not have guessed because I I remember that cartoon so vividly. It must've lasted at least, you know, through obviously the early nineties. I don't know how many, how many seasons anybody know? Anybody look that up? Was Bobby Bobby's world? I do not know. I could probably find um, out. I remember, you know, his mom had kind of like a Wisconsin, don't you know, accent. Don't you know. And one of my good friends, in Florida had a mom who had that accent and I always like attributed the two together. So oh, that's funny. Well, Bobby's world lasted until 1998. There you go. Yeah. So, but it, no, wait, I think, uh, let's see. I think it may have come back at some point. Okay. I don't think it lasted seven seasons. Or maybe crazy. it did. I don't know. Wow. I mean, because there was only, at there the very least, 80, it had a good run in the early yeah. 90s. It had 81 episodes total. So Impressive. Yeah. They must have had shorter seasons, or the last ones must have been shorter. Yeah, anyway. I loved Bobby's World because I, I also had an Uncle Ted. I have. He's not gone. I have an <laughs> Uncle Ted, so that was always great. Did it give you nuggies? I can still do the voice, which is great. <laughs> and then I feel like the one that really like 
I feel like this is the era where I started to like learn things that were funny, like learn what funny meant. And I feel like America's Funniest Home Videos and America's Funniest People with Dave Coulier was like mm. a big. America's mm-hmm. Funniest People was a lot more of like, uh, you know, I feel like Bob Saget as the host of America's Funniest Home Videos was a lot more scripted. Whereas I felt like Dave Coulier was doing improv over some of these videos. It was obviously still scripted. Um, but him as a host, it was just like a different, like the big audience. It felt like it was like filmed outside or something. It yeah. was always like a really interesting. They'd go to malls. Yeah. So I always enjoyed that. Uh, it was what was the jackalope that was yeah. on that oh, show? Which was totally one of his <laughs> one of his characters. Like it was totally one of his because because the jackalope situation was like referenced in Full House, but was never was actually it? like said because it was like Ranger Rick and he had like you know the woodchuck. What? Is this thing run out of? <laughs> What? Like it was like this weird thing that that like all stuck together. Why is that Ranger Joe? Yeah. Ranger Joe. Ranger Joe. So I think in some weird way, so much of that era was like teaching my brain how funny things work. Of like teach, take them in one direction and then use the opposite as the punchline. And I think that was like a very fun era to look back on. Of what a silly time to learn what funny things were. But man, so much of that kind of stuff stuck. It's fun. It's so hard to choose from this list because I mean, like I've I, I watched literally everything on this list that we have here, just all these shows, um, but at different times. So like, there's there's the shows like Fresh Prince, um, where I watched it, but older when I was a little bit older. I didn't watch it at mm. this time in 1990. So Fresh Prince and The Simpsons is another one. The Simpsons it first aired in '89 with their Christmas special, but 1990 was mm. their first official season. So, like, yeah. obviously, yeah, that's my favorite show of all time. I have to mention that one. But I didn't get into it until the mid-90s. So, if we're talking about what I was watching in 1990, I mean, both of you guys hit exactly what. Um, at Tiny Toons is another one. Another one to pick up uh, is, or another one to throw out is Wild and Crazy Kids on Nickelodeon, which was a game I feel show like that's a very, I watched religiously. That's true. I feel like that's a very underrated Nickelodeon show now that people don't really talk about yeah. a lot, but it was like, I feel like it was always on. With Omar Gooding, Cuba Gooding oh, Jr.'s was... brother. Oh, wow. Or cousin, one of the two. He's related to Cuba Gooding Jr. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I should have realized that, but yeah. So I loved loved watching that show. Wanted to be on it so bad as I wanted to be on every Nickelodeon show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely watched Supermarket Sweep whenever I was homesick from school, like <laughs> all the time. Uh, there's other things here like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is super random, but I totally watched that. <laughs> so and then you know again, yeah, back, I did too. Back to the older things like you know beverly hills 90210 was always on my house uh, or on, on tv in my house like you west with blossom and blossom as well because of my older siblings that watch those things so those even have some nostalgic pull for me um so here's some some others that i don't think we've mentioned law and order <laughs> wings which is another one i watched a little bit later than 1990 but i still watched it northern exposure i've never, I've never really heard wings really i've never really heard of that before that one had uh so you had uh, thomas hayden church it had tony Shaloub, uh had a couple other people i think that you would you would recognize hmm. but it was actually very underrated you know in the the 90s super decade of sitcoms there's so many good sitcoms that i felt like got lost in the shuffle 
because of uh, just how diluted it was of sitcoms everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Wings is definitely one of those. I watched it a lot. I watched the reruns on USA in the mid-90s. That's when I watched Wings. Yeah. USA. Um, you have see, Captain Planet. I'm sure you guys oh, watched yeah. at least a little bit of that. Oh, yeah. On TBS. I remember Ted Turner came out with that, you know, to, you know, talk about saving the planet and everything like that to kind of raise awareness for that. But so cheesy, but like, you know, loved it. And those of us who had uh, more conservative parents didn't particularly like that show because they thought it was propaganda. I won't say who of us. (laughs) But... There was also Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. So I didn't know about this one. Was this was like a was it a cartoon series, Wes? What what, what was this? Yeah, it was uh, obviously it was an animated version of the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure. But you know, you, they go on different adventures to different time periods and all that. I only watched it a little bit. It wasn't really part of my usual Saturday morning uh, ritual or like kind of channel that I would watch. But like for whatever reason, I remember watching it like on vacation sometimes because you would kind of channel surf more in those when you were on vacation, you're out of your normal rhythm. So I remember always watching it then. So but I don't I didn't watch it a whole lot. But uh, yeah, it was a thing. Well, we also let's see what else have we uh, Peter Pan and the Pirates, and you had a New what? Kids on the Block animated TV series, which was in there. So for yeah, some did. of the, some of you who love the niche, uh, there's that one. That one's not not one I am familiar with, but I'm sure it was popular. I remember ones. seeing that once on TV, and even me as a kid then was like, okay, this is Jump the Shark for sure. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you were such a hey man. You at that were point. not you were not anything until you had a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, it's I like know. the, That's uh, you know. like Hulk Hogan had one of those, you know, it's just yeah. like, you have to have a Saturday, Saturday morning cartoon after you, uh, if you're that popular. Yeah. It was a rite of so. passage. Okay. So let's move it on to movies, movies in, that came out in 1990 and, uh, Wes, we'll go ahead and go to you. I think I know which one's your, your top choice there. Dances with wolves. Exactly. Mm. I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously Ninja Turtles. That was like massive uh-huh. um i mean it's like and it's like i feel like even though there's been a handful of ninja turtle movies since then i still feel like it's the best one i i know that a lot of people probably prefer the second one over it but uh, no i agree I just, with you I, f- I feel like it just holds up super well because it's you know it's he had jim Han- jim henson involved with it, which i believe was his last project he was involved with uh-huh. i think he died around this time um, so the puppeteering with the costumes and everything was incredible and it was dark. It was, it was, you know, especially since it was like based from like, you know, the popularity of the cartoon, uh, that was going on at the time. It was like, it was also a little bit more grounded, like the original comics in the eighties. So the comics were a lot darker. So it kind of had a mixture of the two, which was amazing, and so, like, I think it's what makes it so watchable now is that it's kind of, it has somewhat of a serious tone, even though it's like thinking of like you as a kid watching this. It's like, man, this is heavy. You know, Raphael's cussing and things <laughs> like that. It's like pretty heavy, but yeah, I loved it. And I, I remember going. Uh, my family went to Pizza Hut before going to the movie, and I remember my. I remember my dad telling me, it's like, now there's going to be some, some words in this movie that I don't want you repeating and <laughs> all that stuff. So apparently he had read that in the paper, 
beforehand, but like, uh, but yeah, I still love it. Still dig it. So that's really funny. Yeah, I feel like this is the era of like Turtle Mania is a great way of describing this whole season of our lives for sure. Which is such a funny thing to like. They did a good job of marketing green plastic to us. Like, good job them. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, like in this era, I feel like Home Alone was. I just wanted my parents to leave me alone already. <laughs> like the idea of them just leaving me home on vacation was like, you know, a dream in a movie, which is pretty crazy. So, but then you had to get chased by robbers. Hey, but like, I feel like this movie prepared me for how to handle it. So I, like I was ready to go. Uh, could just, I feel like something about that, you know, there's, you could, there was such a permission around like how adult, Kevin got to act in that movie or at least like the amount of esteem he was trying to portray that I felt like was very uh, looking back on it. I know we've talked about it a bunch over the course of our 90 episodes, but I think in some sense there's like a part of my brain that is like, man, I actually didn't realize until kind of thinking about it for this episode of like, yeah, there was actually a lot of permission for me as a kid of like, I can be an adult too. watch. And I think that was like a really big one. Uh, mm. from like a totally different perspective uh, Dick Tracy from mm. like a stylization mm. perspective it felt yeah. so uh, like an old movie from the 40s that I would like watch with my grandpa but it wasn't and I feel like that was like a very interesting like trip for my brain where I think it was actually my first exposure to a nostalgic movie if I think about it that mm. way mm. of like this is actually hearkening back to an era way older than it's being made in and i think that was like maybe my first category for that uh i feel like dick tracy was highly influenced by tim burton's batman like i feel like batman came out the year beforehand so i feel like they really tried to kind of stylize it kind of like a tim burton movie yeah. almost and like the marketing with it and everything just kind of I could tell that that was super influenced by it. Yeah. It, it feels like it was like Sin City before Sin City, like before they yeah. had the technology to do those kinds of things. Like they had that kind of vibe to me. I feel. Totally. I agree with that. I think the last one for me, which speaking of Tim Burton, I feel like uh, Edward Scissorhands in some weird way. Yep. Was oh, yeah. uh, one Big of those, time. one of those movies, which I've definitely mentioned before, but it was like a lot of permission to just be the weird kid and like kind of like normalizing being an outlier uh, and embracing your unique traits. I feel like for some reason, I don't know if that is necessarily the specific uh, intent of that movie across the board, but I feel like that's what I kind of walked away with it of like, Hey, you're going to be a weird kid, but it's okay <laughs> because like what you're going to be able to do with your weirdness is actually what, is more valuable than what a lot of people will do trying to fit in. And in some weird way, like I remember like looking back, I mean, I probably didn't uh, have those words around it at this time when I was in the first grade trying to ask my teacher out. But I think in some sense there was a part of it where like, <laughs> as I watched it later in life, I was like, Oh, that memory that that sort of like burned into my brain was like, it's okay to be the weird one. And I think that was a meaningful one. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved Edward Scissorhands as a kid. I don't even know why my parents let me watch it. Because uh, it's, it's so yeah, weird. There wasn't even like a there wasn't a category for that no. kind of movie. It, there it's wasn't like, really. Yeah, so it's like it's weird to me that like 
all of our parents weren't just like, no, that's weird. And right. don't see right. that. But it's like, I remember going as a family to go see that and we all enjoyed it. So it's like, I don't know. It's just a weird time that like, <laughs> I guess because there wasn't a category for it, it's like, okay, yeah. this might as well happen. And I don't think PG 13 existed yet. Maybe it did. I'm not sure. It did. But, um, uh, there you go. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Home Alone. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention just a few episodes ago, we did live commentary for the entirety of Home Alone. So if you're a Home Alone fan like Colin or really all three of us, then you should check that out, watch the movie along with it. Cheap plug there. I uh, um, I mean, obviously... I Doing an with... ad for our own podcast. Right. What a sicko. <laughs> So I agree with, I mean, both of you guys. I mean, everything you guys brought up, I completely agree. I mean, Ninja Turtles especially, for sure. It's one of the earliest movies I remember being in the theater for. Um, And I have a weird memory, I don't even know if it's real, of watching that movie. And then we got home and I just burst into tears. And I had no idea why. It was one of those, like, (laughs) you're a kid. It finally happened. I think it was, no, I had only had Stimulation overload. I do think it was just the overload and the emotions that I had of staying up too late and just being, it was, you know, it was too much for me to handle, I guess. I don't know, but I remember loving the movie. Yeah, basically. But I definitely would love to, to mention back to the future part three. Naturally. Obviously back to the future is my all time favorite movie and was at that point as a kid, as a five-year-old, I loved back to the future. And when part three came out, Definitely loved it. All the cowboy stuff and, and everything. Um, that's a huge one. Obviously Ninja Turtles, like you mentioned. And then so there's a whole bunch of other ones, though, that, again, I watched later that are still influ- influential for me. One of those is definitely um, like Die Hard 2, like the mm-hmm. Die Hard series, which not saying that that one is a great movie by any stretch. because <laughs> It's, you know, it's kind of the forgettable Die Hard. But um that's definitely one of them. And you had uh, Total Recall. I wouldn't say it was that influential on me, but it did freak mm. me out. Hmm. Uh, that's another thing is that this was also like Schwarzenegger mania as well. For I sure. feel like this was, you know, definitely not. I don't know if it was like its peak, but it's like this was definitely when he was soaring high as like in his fame because you know, Terminator 2 comes out the next year, but, you know, you had Kindergarten Cop as well as Total Recall and a few others, but it's like, yeah, I feel like Schwarzenegger was, like, wildly famous at this point. Yeah. So, some others to definitely mention. You had Ghost, Dances with Wolves, as Wes alluded Mm. to, Pretty Woman, which is an iconic movie. Quite. The Rescuers, Dan and you had The Godfather Part 3, which another forgettable sequel, but it is part of a much bigger series of movies. You had Goodfellas, House Party. You guys remember House Party? Oh, Kid yeah. and Play? Tremors mm-hmm. and Arachnophobia. Oh, I love Tremors. It haunting. It was. Ernest Goes to Jail. Now, that's one I didn't mention, mm-hmm. but I definitely watched all the time. And legitimately thought if you got electrocuted, you could shoot lightning bolts out of your fingertips. (laughs) Yeah, my my family was a big Ernest family, for sure. Yeah, mine too. Scared Stupid was the the pinnacle. Yeah, for sure. But Goes to Camp, Goes to Jail, those are also... And Saves Christmas, those are all classics. Uh, Kindergarten Cop, you mentioned Misery, Young Guns 2, 
which we mentioned in our last episode. There's Young Guns 3 in play. Um, <laughs> it's being made right now. Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise and his race cars. Yeah, Three Men and a Little Lady. Problem Child. Did you guys watch Problem Child? Did you like Problem Child? Oh, yeah. I, I loved Problem Child, but that was another one where I'm like, my parents actually took me to see this. <laughs> this was... <laughs> Uh, especially the second one, but it's like, yeah, that was, that was, it's a terrible movie now to watch, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I was definitely into some problem child. As a goody goody kid back then, I couldn't stand it. Like watching that kid just be bad. Like <laughs> just, I couldn't say, I hated the kid. I wanted him to follow the rules. I was a rule follower. I wanted him to be like me. Oh so. uh, yeah. We watched a lot of problem child for sure. I feel like it was one that got quoted a lot in our household with my family with like with my parents which is funny to think about but like hmm. uh i wonder what that kid is up to now besides burning down his house but in a, <laughs> in like just john ritter's character in that of like just losing his mind was oh, yeah. so fun oh yeah he is so good in that yeah well and then there is gremlins 2 the new batch oh yeah Natural. another forgettable okay. sequel there hey no, it's not. <laughs> Okay, so now we've got to move on to music. And quickly, let's roll through what is your favorite single to come out in 1990? Go. Uh, I would say uh, two of mine would be, one would be Blaze of Glory, John Bon Jovi, which was uh, a a solo song from him that was a part of the Young Gungs 2 soundtrack, which I remember. My older sister was obsessed with John Bon Jovi, so naturally... This video was played a million times in my house, and it's a pretty cool video. It's him like in a a desert with just playing an acoustic guitar, but like there's a drive-in theater kind of next to a hill, and they're playing like movie footage of Young Guns 2 on that, and it eventually sets fire and all this stuff, so Mm. it's pretty cool. Um, And also another one is Faith No More Epic, which I don't know if you guys know the song, but... um, I remember as well this music video played on nonstop in my house, mm-hmm. and I always loved the part where it's like, "What is it? What is it?" Like, <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> like as a kid, I'm like, "He sounds like a frog or something." This is awesome. Um, and I remember the video was really iconic too. There was at the very end, there's like a, a goldfish that's just like on the ground out of the water, just flipping around and always felt so bad for it. But um, yeah, those are my two standouts of songs. That's quality. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what would have been like my, that's a tough one. Cause there's a lot of good ones that come out. I feel like for me, it would have been like, uh, you can't touch this MC hammer was a great, song in this era i feel like that one crossed a lot of uh categories for sure uh i know it's not necessarily one that we've talked about but like uh let's talk about sex by salt and peppa was probably one of the more (laughs) controversial songs of our upbringing because it had so much radio play and it was constantly the song that got the radio changed which was such a uh, a random thing to think about (laughs) they didn't want to talk about it yeah I know, right? Like, despite the name. Uh, and I feel like even though it was sort of on the latter end of their, like, Step by Step by New Kids was uh, was a quality song. That was sort yeah, of like... Yeah, I feel like pop was really step. thriving at this point. Yeah. yeah. 
it was a big one for them which is like right when they all started to like do their own uh like solo careers and that kind of stuff that was like right in this era of like early 90s kind of they were probably all recording them at this point uh, there's some good ll cool j songs at this era but like around the way girl was at this point but uh, i feel like some of the ones that we've talked about have been I think it's I Size Baby is obviously like iconic across the years, but I don't know that I knew of it at this era. But yeah, song. that's uh, that's kind of the issue I'm having with. So this was you know before I was listening to mainstream music. So all these songs are ones that I listened to after, well after 1990. I will say you can't touch this was so big that of course I had heard of it um, even as a you know a five year old. So I would have to say that one, but. There is another one out there that, you know what, actually, I'm probably going to say this is going to be my choice just simply because it has strong nostalgic ties for me. And that's Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. <laughs> that's and funny. yeah, obviously, that's his most favorite, famous song. I'm, I'm certain um, a little bit of background here. When we lived in this small town in South Georgia, my parents, ever the performers, they decided to put on get a group of people together and put on a country and Western show at the fairgrounds. Whenever the fair came through Hazelhurst, it was a big deal. The entire town came to it. And so they, I don't know how they did it. I'll have to ask them how they pulled these strings, but they had this big show that they would perform with their friends at the fairgrounds for the fair. One year it was oldies. And then the next year it was country and Western and a ton of different songs from that era and before are like stand out big time in my mind as nostalgia because i remember being there mm. i i remember dressing up like being dressed in cowboy boots and stuff <laughs> and line dancing with people during oh. the show and i remember i'm like this four or five year old kid doing this um and i was in, in the show for certain parts too and i remember specifically friends in low places that's where i first heard it so <laughs> that's so the one cute. i'm gonna choose so all right, so here's the list of songs. Actually, before I get to that, it should be mentioned that 1990 was the year that Millie Vanilli was uh, accidentally outed thing. for yeah. their lip syncing when the skip tracked. Uh, the track skipped. That's the better way of saying it. Okay, here we go. Hold On by Wilson Phillips. It Must Have Been Love by mm. Roxette. Nothing Compares to You. Nothing Compares. Sinead O'Connor. Ice Ice Baby, Can't Touch This, Poison, Belle Biv DeVoe, Vogue by Madonna. That's a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins, Blaze of Glory, Epic, Faith or No More, Love Shack, B-52s, Opposites, Attract by Paula Abdul. She was pretty big at this point. Escapade mm-hmm. by Janet Jackson. We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel everyone's Colin favorite did. annoying song <laughs> and enjoy the silence depeche mode so which now i love depeche mode i didn't at this time i was too young for it but i love depeche mode good band there's obviously a ton more songs that we could probably mention so oh yeah um sorry if we didn't mention your favorite if you're mad at us hit us up on twitter at passwordcast <laughs> <laughs> okay so one last thing video games gotta talk about video games Console games are a big deal right now because the NES is out. Everybody has one. What did you play, Wes, the most? Oh, it's probably the same as you guys. Probably Super Mario Three. 
um, was huge at this time. Because I feel like at this point, most people had a Nintendo system at this time. So it's like, I feel like that was the big game that everybody just like flocked to because, and it was like, it's such a good game too, especially compared to the second Mario Brothers game. Like um, Mario Brothers 3 was amazing. Um, but also uh, goes without saying, but the Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, like they had the arcade cabinet game that was awesome. That I think came out like a year before here, but like they finally, they restructured it for the console game and they released it. It was a little different, but um, it's, it was mostly the same, especially to, you know, kids that didn't really know better, but like it, that was also such a good game. Um, yeah, th those were the main ones that stood up to me and the Batman game that it's, that was based from the 89 Batman the year before. Colin is nodding his head vigorously. Oh yes. That Batman <laughs> game was so difficult but it was so fun <laughs> like the fact that you could stick to the walls and everything it was really fun but man mm -hmm. it was hard uh super mario brothers 3 was definitely the go-to of like trying to play through the game i remember having the nintendo power for that and realizing where all of the uh like little cheat codes were and like where you can go into the warps and where to get whistles and all kinds of stuff like that which was really fun uh oh, whistles yeah man you could and like how to like hit the boxes at the end at the perfect angle to always get a star. I remember learning a lot of that kind of stuff from like Nintendo Power, which is pretty funny. I probably still have that somewhere around, which is really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember playing Dr. Mario. That's definitely my wife's favorite game. Uh, we actually gave away our NES. That I got in 1990 for my sixth birthday, which is pretty crazy. You was, gave that away? I gave it away to our friend Nick Chislett and his children with like 50 to 60 uh, games, but they've been playing the... Uh, playing You're the, so kind. Playing the tines off of those games, if you will. The little copper tines. <laughs> uh, so that's been pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a crazy... That was a crazy year because that was the year I got mine. So there's a lot of games that were out that I was playing. Like I feel like we played a lot of Star Tropics, even though that game actually sucked. <laughs> we just played it a ton because it was one of the games that I got. And I feel like this is the year, obviously not the year it came out, but the year I got it. Uh, I felt like I could have gone to war as a sharpshooter with a duck hunt game. Like <laughs> that freaking gun. I would. I remember going as far away as I could lay on my bed away from my TV in my room <laughs> and still being able to snipe some pixel ducks. Man. Pixel ducks. I, was, I felt like I was like, I think I'm ready for war. Like, let me into the Gulf War. I'm ready to go <laughs> in some crazy way. That was a very funny era where I was like, I pretty much figured out life. And uh, I haven't owned a gun since. <laughs> I remember being so frustrated, like, because I, I think I got an NES later in life, like in college. And uh, it came with Duck Hunt and the gun and everything, but it didn't work with the TV I had because it only works with the tube TV. Yep. Like something about the way. Cathode ray. Is it the way it reflects or something like that? It's It needs to have the photon cathode ray thing shot into the gun like basically it was made with scan lines then and it needs that shot that's so crazy into the gun. yeah mm. it's pretty wild oh, that some amazes crazy me that they could figure something out yeah. Yeah. yeah that technology was wild at that point yeah yeah it is crazy when you think about it um i obviously agree about super mario brothers 3 i mean that's just the pinnacle 
But uh, there was another game that was super hard to me, of course, as a five-year-old. Chippendale Rescue Rangers loved <laughs> that show. Really wanted to love the game, but I could never get past like the second level as a kid because oh. I was young. But I loved You're it. Dumb. So I kept playing it. And I remember like <laughs> handing it, handing the controller to my brother so he could play it. So I could watch him get past that levels that I couldn't get past. But that was probably oh. the one that I played the most. Um, Having so, trouble throwing those tomatoes around. <laughs> yes. Some other notable video games. Moonwalker, Mega Man 3, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. Um, the Secret of Monkey Island. Final Fantasy 3. And I've also noticed that there was a Back to the Future 2 video game that I'm just now hearing about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Apparently that, that was released in the same year as Back to the Future 3, which is super confusing. But uh, And apparently there was also a Spider-Man video game out there as well. And a DuckTales. Really? Uh, did you guys play the DuckTales game? That one looks vaguely familiar. I played the original one. Did that oh, come out in 90? Ah, it's the, the Quest for Gold. DuckTales oh, no, I think I think there there was I think that might be the second one. I gotcha. played the original one because you would use um, a Scrooge's cane like as like a pogo stick kind of thing to jump on. Uh, <laughs> it does sound familiar. Enemies. Was that an arcade yeah. game too? Uh, I don't remember. Hmm. I mainly remember playing it on Nintendo, but I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so there you have it. This is the video games of 1990. We hope that you have been taken back in time into your ear holes and into your mind. Um, and we've brought some nostalgia to you. Let us know what your favorites are from the lists that we mentioned or something we didn't mention. We'd love to hear from you at PassForwardCast on Twitter or Instagram, PassForwardCast at AOL.com. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know what your favorites were from the year 1990. It was 29 years ago? No, what's my math? 31, 31. years ago? <laughs> 31 <laughs> years hard. ago. Crazy how time flies. Okay, so I think that is it for us. So until next time can't touch this what is it <laughs> later sorks fast forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at nickelodeon studios at universal studios in orlando florida not hey clavis wake up the show's on oh yeah kick it